And then they try to convert each other. Why? And then they die. <laughs> Never gets old. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bence, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Hey, man. Dude, everyone, I think, can agree when they hear this statement. If we didn't have enough to worry about just Mm -hmm. being an adult in this crazy world, the topic that we're talking about today, like, I've got to worry about just, like, I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I just catch on fire, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of a classic. When you brought this up, I immediately, because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like we haven't really heard about it in a long time. Yeah. But, like, as a kid, like, back in the day, it was like, you know, it was sort of like uh, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, Bermuda Triangle. And then in that next couple was like usually spontaneous human combustion and i've always been fascinated with it so yeah let's get into it here's part of the reason why i was kind of attracted to this topic for today Mm -hmm. partially because to be honest well i have to give some credit although i haven't i'm sure there is an episode i haven't seen it yet but just you know watching the x-files from the beginning i'm just kind of like in this mood to like talk about just these unsolved weird mysteries uh, mm-hmm. that have occurred, you know? And growing up and throughout adulthood up until this point, really, when I think of spontaneous human combustion, I always think like, you know, there's this like kind of crazy fire marshal, like fire marshal Bill comes to the scene and just like, <laughs> yeah, let yeah, me right. tell you something. Um, you know. <laughs> Which, by the way, that was such yeah, a weird character. Very weird, but hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, this hospital is an accident waiting to happen. You know, like, I always thought that maybe they come in, they investigate the source of the fire, and they're just like, well, there's this, you know, really dark spot, and that's where the fire started, and it burned Mm -hmm. down the whole house. Right. But, you know, as I was reading through this, that's not it at all. And so that made me fascinated, which made me kind of dig deeper, and here we are. Mm -hmm. So... I'm sure most of our listeners have maybe heard of spontaneous human combustion or at least kind of, you know, debunked it in their minds before Mm -hmm. as they were growing up. But the truth is that even today, there's not really a good explanation for why or how this happens. Yeah. So spontaneous human combustion is a well-documented phenomenon where a body ignites and burns without any known contact with an external source of fire. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the damage is slight, and we'll talk about some of those. But in most, and frankly, the most interesting ones, as morbid as that sounds, the victim is basically reduced to ashes. And sometimes in the strangest cases, just partial bone, you know, like a skull or like a foot is left behind, completely charred. And then whatever they were on, whether it's a chair or a sofa or a bed, basically escapes relatively unscathed. Now, Mm -hmm. that fact is kind of what really drew me in. So we're talking about people 
coming upon a heavily burnt, charred body laying on something or sitting on, or, you know, previously sitting on something. And that chair or that sofa or that bed, the sheets or even hay, we'll see. Yeah. Not burnt. These are items that, especially back in the day, I would think would be extremely flammable. Well, you're, you're leaving out one thing, too. When I was kind of looking through it, there's also like a decent amount of reports where, you know, if they found somebody laying down, I think mm-hmm. was sort of the uh, sort of the common denominator with this. But like you would find, you know, the carpet charred underneath them. But then also they would find charred sort of area above them on the ceiling, mm-hmm. which I thought was mm-hmm. like. I'd never heard that before until looking it up now, which was pretty fascinating, which means like this must be kind of like a pretty big sort of blast, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. That's cool. Well, and we'll talk about Not like... cool, but... Yeah, I don't know. I know <laughs> what you're saying. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. What's interesting too is cases of spontaneous human combustion began to appear in medical reports as far back as the 17th century. Yeah. By the 20th century, even like literature just had tons and tons of detailed accounts of these inexplicable human incinerations. It was kind of so commonplace back in the day, like in the 19th century, in the 1800s and so, that like even famous classical authors would utilize this in their stories. The most famous example, of course, is Charles Dickens' 1853 novel Bleak House, where a character, this sleazy alcoholic junk merchant named Mr. Crook, which, mm-hmm. hey, man, a little on the nose, you know? like <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> he ends up just as a heap of ashes on the floor and, uh, quote, a dark, greasy coating on the walls and on the ceiling. Yeah. I think Jules Verne even killed, I, I guess, like, one of the things about it is, like, it was a way for, for authors to, like, kill off mm-hmm. your bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think is what I read, too, is, like, Mark Twain, oh, wow. Herman Melville, Washington Irving, a bunch of authors, basically, and, of course, TV shows and stuff mm-hmm. have, have kind of talked about it. Uh, if it's okay, I think we should just kind of dive into some of these old cases. Oh, man, I love it. Let's get into it. And as we do, I think, listeners, you're going to begin to sort of see what Tyler and I saw as we started reading through these. There's some patterns. There's some similarities. But then it's just like they're so weird, right? And sure, the time period, because one of the first ones we're going to go to happened in the uh, in the late 1600s. Mm-hmm. You you know, it's easy for us to all think, well, you know, they didn't even know what the heck was going on back then. But yeah. as you'll see, as we get into more modern cases, it's just bizarre. And then we'll talk about kind of like theories and what we think and, and all that. All Which, right. by the way, I I'm always a little like, it's funny, I used to think this way, but like as as you sort of begin like researching stuff kind of like you know we do on a on a weekly basis like i've kind of gotten away from that cultural sort of elitism of like everything in the past was you know they were all idiots and Mm. they didn't know anything i've kind of gotten away from that where i think i think it's just you know yeah there's some societal things that have changed but like i think they were just as intelligent as we were they just thought in a different way you know yeah. And there's some certain things like that we'll talk about in terms of like early theories that you'll see what I mean by that. I mean, I certainly don't want to discount the, uh, you know, those that have gone before us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, I think we've also learned a lot since then as well. 
Oh, like yeah. in some cases, they're just like so close to being right. But then they're like, I mean, anyway, you'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So after these messages, we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. One of the earliest well-attested cases of spontaneous human combustion was recorded by Thomas Bartholin in 1673. There was this kind of poor lady um, mm. who was mysteriously consumed by fire in Paris. Now, it was known that she had been a heavy drinker of, quote, strong spirits uh, to the point of not taking almost any nourishment for three years. So, in other words, she was just on a bender the likes of which, you know, nobody that we know personally has ever been on. I mean, three years where they basically, she just basically drank all day, every day. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this lady knew how to party. Yeah. Okay, poor thing. Um, so one evening, she went to sleep on a straw pallet and was completely consumed by fire during the night. In the morning, only her head and the ends of her fingers were found. Mm. All the rest of her body was reduced to ashes. And this one is kind of a, a kind of strange, but uh, kind of kind of interesting as well. So this is also in France, and there was a, a guy named Claude Nicolas Lecat. Which, mm. dude, what a last name, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, how many lives were burned up? Well, certainly, hopefully not yeah, nine. Yeah, he was a he was a physician serving as an apprentice surgeon in Reims, France, where he stayed at a local inn. The innkeeper, Jean Millet, had this, reportedly, nagging wife who got drunk every day. So Another lady right. that just, hey, she just wants to loosen up. She just wants a glass <laughs> of wine. She wants to make her relax, okay? On the night of February 19th, 1725, the inn was full of people in anticipation for this big fair that was going to happen the next day. Malay and his wife, Nicole, went to bed early. You know, they got to get the rest. They got to chill out. Mm-hmm. Malay couldn't sleep, and she got up to go downstairs into the kitchen 
probably into, you know, getting a glass of wine or two. Little booze. You know, just warm, sit down, warm herself up by the fire, drink. Her husband, of course, fell asleep, but around 2 o'clock in the morning, he woke up just completely startled. He smelled fire and rushed downstairs, banging on doors along the way to wake up any sleeping guests. You know, he thought it was an emergency. He was trying to get everybody out of there. When the panic group arrived in the big kitchen, what they found burning was not the inn, but the innkeeper's wife. Mm. She was lying close to the fireplace and was almost totally consumed by fire. Only part of her head, her lower limbs, and a few vertebrae remained. A small section of the floor under the body had been burned through, and the chair she usually sat on next to the fireplace was just slightly scorched. But nothing else in the room was even touched by fire. Hold on, and, and and let's be real clear on that. Only a few vertebrae remained. Yeah. It takes incredibly high heat. We're going to talk about the, the temperature. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- we can now if you want to. Yeah, let's do it. So I had to look that up. It's kind of a weird thing to have in your Google search history, but apparently <laughs> to, to cremate a body, you're talking about 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit in order to reduce it to ash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, and a real quick personal story here, super sad. One of our, uh, if, if you're a new listener, I don't even know, I think I've talked about them before, but anyhow, my family and I, we have uh, pet chickens uh, that give us eggs and stuff. And one of our chickens died a couple of weeks ago. And um, I didn't, I couldn't, I investigated, I, I couldn't determine why. So I thought it could have been an illness. To save the other birds, the flock, I, you know, obviously removed the uh, the chicken from the coop and, um, and gave it the old Viking burial, which is, you know, put it on a um, funeral pyre mm-hmm. and... Um, burn it, then burn it with a blowtorch. Well, I don't have a blowtorch, but I did burn it. And I got to tell you, man, I, what I thought was going to be just like a real quick thing just took forever. And it, funny, well, not funny enough, the fire had to get really, really hot and burn for a long time to reduce this thing to ash. You know, that was my goal because I didn't want the kids coming out in the backyard and seeing like a bird school or something. We're pretty attached to these chickens. And so it was kind of a traumatic event for me, to be honest with you. I'm certainly not um, cut out to be a farmer, I guess. Um, but I'm sorry for your loss. And thank you. We're all sorry um, for your loss. And I'm, I mean, truly, it's, I'm never eating chicken again. On the, anyway. But, well, I think everybody out there is going to ask this question. How did it smell? Did it smell like barbecue chicken? For a second it did. And it was just weird, though, man. Yeah. And it was just super sad. But anyhow, 3,000 degrees, man, is so hot, right? Yeah. And so just for fun, I, I looked up, you know, how hot is a wood-burning fireplace. You know, because when we have a fire roaring in my house, man, you stand pretty close to it. And, I mean, it's hot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because this lady was sitting next to the fire, that was my first thought too when I first read this. Well, maybe she got super drunk. She kind of fell over close to the fire. Mm-hmm. She had something flammable on her or perhaps there was like a, maybe she spilled her glass and the fire kind of like followed the trail up to her and she caught fire. Which I do think it's we should point out that like a lot of these older cases, you know, were somewhat near the fireplace, like in the living room. But I mean, honestly, if if you're looking at it, like, I mean, when was this? Like, what were what was the year? It's like way back, seventeen twenty five. Yeah. So 
you also have to look as like, okay, we didn't have like heaters. So mm-hmm. you're pretty much at all times in the living room next to the fire to keep warm. Yeah. So. And a lot of those old fireplaces too, there wasn't like a, uh, what's it called, man? Like the, like the hearth? Hearth? Hearth. 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 I really Hearth. do really know that. You nailed it. Okay, cool. Anyways, it, it was just like flush with the floor. You know, I don't right. know if you've ever, like, if you go and, you know, Italy or whatever, some of those fireplaces, they're just, you just put the wood, it's just right there. You know, mm-hmm. it's just right there on the on the thing. Anyway. It's almost like a big, like, pizza, like, brick oven. Yeah. A couple things there. One, there would be some, maybe some scorched trail. Maybe not if the, let's just follow that theory and thinking, like, well, what if the alcohol, like, evaporated or it was just barely there or just burned? You know, would you be able to see that? I don't know. But here's the thing. Like, even if she was passed out, drunk, mm-hmm. for the fire to get that hot that quickly, man, I mean, I feel like she would make some sort of noise, right? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe she fell down and knocked herself out. Okay. But in that time, she's going to wake up at some point, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Well, which which kind of leads me to the natural conclusion of like, I mean, it has to happen so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know that to me, very hot, very fast. Because, like, in order to even remotely like contain that hot of a you know fire, without it just blasting and like burning everything around, everything it, else, yeah, exactly. It has to be just like super fast. Because that's another thing, you know, going back to the the chicken comparison, you know. Because it was so long, if that was like in a contained area, like indoors, you know, that would potentially scorch the ceiling or there would be mm, smoke mm-hmm. marks on the ceiling or, you know, everything else around it would get burned up, you know. And I mean, there was a point when the fat of the chicken made the fire burn more. And and we'll kind of get into that a little bit when we talk about the scientific stuff uh, about all this. But, you know, what's interesting, too, about this case is because, I mean, luckily for this innkeeper, because LeCat was there and was a physician, he actually had to testify in court on behalf of the innkeeper because the police actually arrested the innkeeper for murder, bro. Holy cow. Because they're like, uh, because she was, everybody knew she just nagged this guy all the time, right? <laughs> they just, they, they, they know, just sort of like The first thing it. on the top of their head wasn't like, oh, she just, you know, <laughs> sparked fire. They're like, no, the husband like pushed her into the fire, burned he her up. He had enough. Her. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> LeCat, because he was staying there at the inn, basically testified on behalf of the innkeeper and and kind of saved him. So, Man. which really, by the really way, LeCat, like that just sounds like an old school like detective, yeah. almost like a Columbo. Nicholas LeCat. Man, that's awesome. That is cool. Hmm. I like that. Now we're going to move over to Italy. We're going to leave France, move over to Italy, and this happened just a couple years later in April of seventeen thirty one. The Countess di Bandi of Cessna, Italy. Hmm. She was 62. And even though she was 62, which, I mean, gosh, dude, 1731, that's probably pretty old, right? Yeah, um, for sure. You know, she was relatively spry. And one day they noticed, like, at night she was really kind of lethargic and, and kind of just, you know, not really herself. So she went to bed early and the maids closed the door, let her fall asleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. They noticed the next day that she didn't wake up at her normal time. And so when they went in to check on her, nobody answered. And they opened the door. And four feet from the bed, there was a heap of ash. Two legs untouched from the foot to the knee with their stockings on. 
And then, like, the lady's head, back half of the skull. And three fingers. Mm. The air in the room was also observed to be, like, almost as if, like, soot was, like, floating in it. There was a small oil lamp on the floor that was covered with ashes, but no oil in it. Two candles and candlesticks up on a table still stood upright. In other words, they didn't fall over. Mm. The, both both of the cotton wicks were untouched, meaning, you know, they weren't lit. The bed, no damage. Blankets and sheets were only raised on one side as if, like, when a person rises up from bed. Mm, weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird that, that in most of these cases, like, there's never... There's never an account of somebody like hearing like screaming or yelling or right. that you would imagine would mm-hmm. accompany somebody, you know, catching on fire. There's some cases where, you know, because I was I was curious to, to see like, okay, if this can happen, right, almost all the cases are people find the victim and a couple of pieces of them and then just ashes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But does it ever happen in real time, so to speak? Like, are there any survivors? And in fact, there are. There's this Italian priest who actually caught fire <laughs> during one of his devotions. Wow. And um, this was like in 1776. He'd been traveling around the country and arrived in the evening at a house of his brother-in-law. And uh, he was left alone to pray. And a few minutes later, they heard this like crazy noise from the room. It was the priest crying out in agony. Mm. The people rushed in there, and they found him on the floor, just kind of like extended on the floor, surrounded by a light flame that receded as they approached and finally vanished. Well, that's just the Holy Spirit. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, dude. But he was okay, though? Yeah, so the skin on his right arm was, you know, com- like just burnt off. Kind of, it's it's kind of grotesque. So if you are grossed out easily, I encourage you to... to just cover your ears for a second, but like the skin on his right arm was almost entirely detached and hanging from the bone. From the shoulders to the thighs, the skin was equally injured. Like like his Just sides, like I guess? Like we'll call them like third degree burns, man. He actually died four days later. Um, oh, because geez. like, you know, he just oh, couldn't, yeah. he succumbed to the injuries basically. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that that's one thing too that you know, a lot of them, like you're you're saying, they do happen to be like you know, they were completely just, just like obliterated, you know, in this like confined area. But there are also cases where the skin isn't burned, mm-hmm. the like fingernails, hair, cartilage that's like sort of your soft bits, like your like nose and ears, those are left completely fine, which kind of, kind of like goes against what I, I've sort of always assumed that it was, and we'll get into that later. But, like, it is weird where there are some cases where it's, like, they're, um, it's, like, even, like, organs and stuff aren't even burned. Man, it's, like, yeah. only in, the, in like, certain little, like, super, super confined areas. Yeah. It's Which, like, if that would actually make more sense to me mm-hmm. if it was just, like, oh, a human body is just on fire, like, it, mm-hmm. because it takes so long and so hot it, the the temperature required is so high that, you know, that would make sense if stuff was left behind. But the fact that, like, it's just super concentrated in one area or yeah. there's just, like, one thing left, um, 
you know, it's just it's just super super strange. I mean, there's a, there's just a bunch of these early cases. There's one where this like soldier. Is this about the night? No, uh, this is just like a, a small account. He 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 was basically a, like this English soldier in in uh, the late 1800s, like 1888. You know, was pretty intoxicated and and didn't have a place to sleep. So he just kind of like walked into um, this horse uh, stable and laid on a pile of hay. And the next morning, he was found completely consumed by the fire. But all of this, you know, obviously extremely flammable hay around him, both loose and in bundles, for those of you that are like, well, you know, if it's a bundle of hay, you know, it would require a lot more kinetic energy to light on fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm talking to my brother at this point. Um, (laughs) Both of those weren't even scorched. Yeah, see, that's fascinating, man. Right? But I'm going to fast forward a little bit to, because I mean, like, again, there are so many of these where there's a, you know, a similar thing. Some of them have that sort of alcohol was involved pattern. Mm -hmm. Many of them are just very, very, I don't know, very strange. So, which, which, sorry, by the way, the, uh, I think the stigma of like the alcohol was, I mean, kind of like the, uh, the rum that you showed me the other night. Like it, yeah. It, like, it was a lot more commonplace for, like, everybody to drink back in the day. Yeah, um, and the Royal British Navy received a ration of this rum every so single cool. day. So cool, man. But the the idea that, like, your immediate response is like, oh, well, they were just, they were, you know, super drunk. Which, I mean, by the way, I, I think, like, I always just sort of have looked at this, you know, as, like, a true believer who you know, likes to look into and believe a lot of these really bizarre things we talk about. But I've, with this, it's weird because I've always just kind of had a much more sort of, sort of mundane explanation of like, okay, well, you know, there's all these gases inside of us and, you know, with like fat and then like alcohol content involved, like they all just like go hand in hand. And I don't know how the, I don't know how these sort of components work with each other, but, you know, Eventually, we'll figure it out. It's just tied into a much more sort of mundane situation. But I don't know that the alcohol really has much to do with it. Yeah. And, I mean, since you're talking about it now, I'll say that, like, I think when folks have kind of explored these theories, Mm -hmm. one of them, of course, being that, like, look, you know, they probably drank too much because they had a higher alcohol content in their blood. They were a little bit more flammable. Mm-hmm. What they've kind of found out is the concentration of alcohol in even the most intoxicated people right. are much too low. Mm-hmm. And even still, they would need an external source of ignition, right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, am I saying that like every single one of these cases, somebody just didn't fall asleep with a cigarette in their mouth kind of thing? Mm-hmm. No. But, man, like fire forensics and stuff have gotten pretty dang advanced. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the movie Backdraft. It's been a long time. (laughs) But, you know, they're able to kind of tell and, like, recreate the scene and and all that kind of thing. I don't know, man. Like, I don't think that you could drink. Now, that lady that drank for three years straight. Yeah. You know, she may have... uh, Well, even if if it's not the the, sort of the linchpin of, like, what causes this thing, I mean... I'm sure that, like, it didn't help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't, like, you can't just say, oh, well, it was alcohol when there's, like, these cases of, like, someone's head 
still there. And then like they're from like the mid, you know, shin down, they're still mm-hmm. there, their feet in their socks and their shoes. Babe. It's like, come on. It's very strange. <laughs> so this one is really interesting because this is really kind of what's been known as like one of the first times that so many, like at the time, every single possible tool of, of modern scientific investigation was used to figure out what the heck happened here. So this is 1951, and it's concerning the death of a Mrs. Mary Reeser of St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was found reduced to ashes in a practically undamaged apartment. And, I mean, the FBI, fire officials, arson experts, pathologists, a year they investigated this thing, mm-hmm. and they still turned up nothing. They could not figure out how it actually happened and left the case open. Mm. This physical anthropologist at the University of Pennsylvania's School of Medicine, Dr. Wilton M. Krogman, who's a world-renowned expert on the effects of fire on the human body, finally gave up trying to understand what had happened and said, quote, I regard it as the most amazing thing I've ever seen. As I review it, the short hairs on my neck bristle with a vague fear. Were I living in the Middle Ages, I'd mutter something about black magic. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? Yeah. So the, kind of the details about her is she had gone to St. Petersburg, Florida to see and visit her son and his family. She had like a, an apartment down there, and uh, she kind of went to bed early. The rest of the family was, was kind of out or whatever. <clears throat> a nearby neighbor in another apartment could kind of like see through her window and they saw that she was, you know, wearing her nightgown and a house coat and black satin slippers and was lounging in a comfortable chair smoking a cigarette. The bed covers had been turned back and Mrs. Reeser's last night was a typical summer night in Florida. The sky was overcast with occasional flashes of heat lightning in the distance. The neighbor woke up the next morning at about 5 a.m. and she noticed this weird sort of smoke odor And, you know, she wasn't that alarmed because she said that it kind of smelled like the water pump in the garage had been kind of overheating lately. Mm. You know, kind of like that electrical burn sort of smell. Yeah. Which would freak me out, but okay. She got up, turned off the pump, and went back to bed. But when she got up an hour later to collect her newspaper outside, she no longer smelled any smoke. But around 8, a telegram arrived for Mrs. Reeser. And uh, Mrs. Carpenter, this neighbor, signed the receipt and went to Mrs. Reeser's apartment. When she put her hand on the doorknob, it was, like, extremely hot. And as we all know from growing up in the 80s, that's one of the things that you do. You touch the doorknob, and if it's, like, super hot, that means there's a fire on the other side of it. And so this lady kind of freaked out. She started shouting for help to painters that were working um, across the street ran over and opened the door. As he entered, he felt this like extreme blast of hot air. And, you know, looking around to try to find out where Mrs. Reeser was so that he could rescue her, he frantically looked over to the bed. It was empty. Uh, There was some smoke in the air, but the only fire, he said, was a small flame on a wooden beam over a partition that separated the living room and the kitchenette. Mm. When the firemen arrived to put out this little small flame, they were they were kind of just taken aback. They couldn't believe it. In the middle of the floor, there was this charred area, roughly four feet in diameter, inside of which he found a number of blackened chair springs and the ghastly remains of a human body. 
consisting of a charred liver attached to a piece of the spine, a shrunken skull, oh, and yeah. one foot still wearing a black satin slipper. Yeah. And, of course, a small pile of ashes. So this is the one that, like, I think is maybe the most famous, right, because of the shrunken head or the shrunken skull. Which, oddly enough, I found several that have the same kind of phenomenon. And I don't really understand even what, I don't even know what to make of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know either, man. And, I mean, this is the one, again, that they investigated for a year and just never could figure out what the heck is going on. And, and are you saying that, like, the, the partition area that was on fire, that would have been, like, above her, kind of like what I was saying with the ceiling, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that, I, that I've been thinking on this, and I know this is, like, super far-fetched, but, like, there is, like, and again, I don't know how it even would remotely tie into all these super old cases, but, like, there is an element of, like, like energy weapon, mm-hmm. like, that, you know, if you're looking at it in, like, a science fiction sort of... Yeah, like a laser or something. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of feels like, I mean, especially these that, like you know, or, or like only the, the, the ground or the carpet beneath them were charred and the ceiling like above them. It just feels very like directed, you know. Mm. It's interesting. Well, and, you know, I think another thing that pops into people's heads other than laser beams and or lightsabers <clears throat> uh, is, well, what about lightning? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe a bolt of lightning flashed in there and just you know zapped her. Well, they had well or ball lightning. Yeah, I mean they had a guy come in uh, who was an authority on all kinds of different burns and stuff, and you know initially kind of considered lightning as a cause, but an engineer who specialized in the effects of lightning bolts on the human body basically mm. flatly dismissed the theory mm. because lightning was not reported in the immediate neighborhood, but also just the way that I guess appeared is just like. It didn't didn't uh, follow a pattern that would make him believe that it could have been lightning. A- another theory being that maybe, you know, she was drowsy because she had taken like a sleeping pill and, you know, fell asleep with a cigarette. But the gown or the chair know. was flammable enough, according to these guys, and there wasn't enough material in these items to produce this, again, intense heat. Yeah. It would be necess- necessary to reduce a human body to ashes. Well, and also, I think you're leaving out also, it's like the the idea that there was still another satin slipper mm-hmm. that, I mean, you're telling me that if she, you know, if she mm-hmm. let a cigarette, like, burn her up, that it wouldn't burn that super yep. combustible, like, well, easily burned. too, man. Yeah, so on your the, foot. The foot. Your extremities burn unburned up. Burned, and it had this slipper. Yeah. So that's kind of like the one I think that you kind of, hear about the most i think really Mm -hmm. i do remember like some of those old books you know that we would have like way back in the 80s as kids and whenever they would show this they would always show like like just the chair like you know like a like an old lazy boy um and i will say this i mean i ran across a couple people in their 40s but i feel like most of all they're like fairly older people for the most part it is older folks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are some, like you said, you know, in their forties, like there was a guy uh, in Louisiana who was 46, mm-hmm. same kind of deal, I, I think. But yeah, you're right. I mean, for the most part, a lot of these are 
60 and up, you know, there are a few outliers. There's like a, a 19 year old in the 1950s, a 30 year old, um, in 1959 and, mm -hmm. uh, same kind of thing. So basically a lot of times when these things happen, most of the time people just, and authorities just kind of chalk it up to like, uh, we don't know, or, you know, must've been an electric malfunction or, you know, so like, the kind of source material that I'm using is from one of the the old books that we have in the uh, that would be Rad Library, and, mm -hmm. and it only kind of goes to you know late seventies or so. So I'm curious, were you able to find any sort of more I don't know more like immediately? I'm thinking, well, why don't we hear about this kind of stuff happening now? Because it happened quite often in the 1700s, 1800s, mm -hmm. and, and then like the 1950s and that kind of thing, did it kind of die down or is this something that still kind of mysteriously still pops up every now and then? Well, so I, I like you, assumed, because, um, you know, when we were growing up, it was it was like a bigger thing. But I, I, I guess we just haven't really heard much as we've gotten older. And so I kind of assumed that it had just sort of disappeared, that like, well, maybe we kind of figured out or linked it to something that was taking place back in the day. But to my surprise, I found out that there was a woman in Germany in 2015 who was just sitting quietly on a park bench. She had several, like, people around her that, like, all witnessed it, wasn't smoking, didn't drink, and out of nowhere, she was completely engulfed in flames. Mm which was pretty amazing. I don't, for some reason, I couldn't find if she had passed away or not, but uh, they said that, you know, at the time that she was, like, basically fighting for her life in a, in a hospital in, in Germany, but I, that was kind of crazy. There's another one that I found, which at the time, uh, like, I don't know if there has been since, but uh, this was the most recent or more modern case in December of 2010 uh, in Ireland, Basically, a guy named Mr. Faherty was found with severe burns, lying on his back with his head near an open fireplace. Despite the blaze, the sitting room was completely untouched apart from burns on the ceiling, uh, directly above him and on the floor directly beneath him. And so this was sort of uh, an important case because I think it, it made a lot of the forensic experts, you know, that had investigated the scene at his home, um, at the time, it sort of made them open back up the idea of, hey, this actually kind of fits into this, the category of spontaneous human combustion. Because I guess it hadn't, you know, like what we were talking about it, they haven't, they hadn't seen anything like it in, you know, years and years. There was another case in 2008 where basically a blue flame emanated from this lady named Jenny uh, Safin. Uh, who was 61 years old, and she just sat with her, her family. Like, you know, they're just all sitting around. And they said she began roaring like a, dra like a dragon um, oh. and emitting blue flame out of her mouth. Man. And her family was just completely awestruck. They, they had no idea, you know, what happened. And that is another thing, too, is this, uh, the, the blue flame. I think that's pretty interesting as mm -hmm. well. I mean, you would probably know more than me, but would that link it more to like a like a gas type? Maybe like uh, or like some sort of chemical that is 
potentially in the body. Right, you know? right. Yeah. yeah. So like, just as an example, like uh, certain chemical compounds, you know, we've, I'm, I'm sure if you've, I don't know, one of the common tricks in like early chemistry classes, like the teacher comes in, they're like, and to you know, hold this in the Bunsen burner and it changes the flame to green. Right, or right. Blue. Yep. So like copper chloride and butane um, kind of burn with a blue flame. Um, hmm. I know back in the day when we would do the old milk carton melting. So you get it, you would get us for all the folks out there that never did this. Like a plastic milk carton? Oh, it's amazing. It's so oh, bad man. for the environment too, but yeah. it's awesome. Basically get a stick, you'd put like a giant, a big like, you know, gallon, I guess, is that a gallon milk carton? Like the big ones? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the end of a stick, you light it and, you know, we'd have like G.I. Joe's under it. <laughs> but as it melts... It starts like, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, But it would be that green kind of flame. Um, I remember too, like as kids, like we didn't know that it was bad. And so I was like, I don't know, man, burn this trash bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. So cool. Uh, One thing that I did find, and I don't know if you found this too, but there was a scientist that I guess to sort of test this theory, um, I guess it's called like the wick effect where mm. um, it suggests that human fat will combust on a mm-hmm. basically like a wick, uh, like clothing or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, anything that it's on top of. And this the scientist named Mr. Ford would marinate abdominal tissue from pigs in acetone, which is a highly mm-hmm. flammable substance, uh, mm-hmm. which the body produces in reaction to alcohol, alcoholism, fat-free dieting, and diabetes. And basically it would burn to ash within half an hour. I don't yeah. know that this explains it per se, but but I am wondering now. If well, here's the thing: like this goes back to the to the my chicken burial. Yeah, there you go. I will say that once, like once it got to a certain point, when the fat kind of took over and, and was like part of the consumable fuel for the fire, man, it did seem like the fire could could burn for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, man, I mean. Certainly. I, I, I certainly think that like a person's uh, body fat percentage, if you will, is going to contribute to how well it burns and all this. And boy, when I'm saying this out loud, it just really sounds morbid. So again, if it kind of turns your stomach, I apologize, but it's just, just really fascinating to me. You know, yes, that explains how the body could burn relatively quickly. I know where you're going. But it doesn't explain... How did it ignite? Yeah. And also, when the fat melts, why didn't it burn anything that it was on? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, how it, does it explain the untouched things? Now, I don't which, know. which, by the way, this would be the equivalent of, I know we keep going back to this this chicken, and again, sorry for your loss, Woody, but <laughs> that would be the equivalent of you watching that chicken completely burn, especially when the fat starts burning and it just really gets hot. That would be, all these cases would be like that if most of the feathers were still intact. Yeah. Which is like, what's happening? There's got to be something. Well, and also I think I think the frustrating thing for, for the majority of, you know, any of these scientists that have tried to sort of get into it and figure it out are the bodies are so badly, like, just completely obliterated that they can't really find any sort of, ignition source or anything mm. that you know there's no there's not really any evidence of right you know yeah i mean it's um i mean i think okay there there are probably some cases where 
a bunch of different elements kind of aligned to create this like quote unquote perfect storm event that would cause something like this. I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, our bodies are full of some flammable things. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we're mostly composed of water, which kind of makes it difficult, you know, our intestinal gases are flammable. Cadavers Mm -hmm. produce gases that are flammable. Apparently like even stacks of hay and stuff and compost heaps can build up enough heat Oh yeah, for spontaneous combustion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certain elements and compounds like pure sodium, for example, and, uh, you know, phosphorus can mm-hmm. burst into flames when exposed to air. I mean, you have to store sodium, I want to say like in an oil substance or whatever, because like oh, pure right. sodium will just light on fire if it's exposed to oxygen. I think the fats and oils in our body certainly provide excellent fuel for right. fire. And maybe, you know, static electricity or something nearby could have could have caused it. But it's just one of those mysteries, man, that like there hasn't really been a great explanation of how and why. You know, it's just it's I think some cases, yes, somebody just like fell asleep and, Mm -hmm. you know, dropped their cigarette. It's just it's all of the elements combined in order and, and and to create a, a an environment in a scenario where a body could burn up that hot that mm-hmm. quick without burning everything else that's the thing right it's kind of like uh you know essentially like if you were to if you had like a bucket of of um diesel mm-hmm. and you threw i'm going to have to maybe fact check this here but if you threw like a match into this bucket of diesel the match would go out Mm, right. because the... Like the burning point is so Yeah, the energy required to ignite it is right. a lot, you know, higher. And so, like, I think that for a human body to... If it was going to burn slowly, yes, we have the fuel and the flammable gases mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, but it's going to take a while for it to reach that sort of temperature at 3,000 degrees to completely, you know, reduce it to ash, right? Well, well and also I think... You know, like I was, I was saying before, like where the scientist was was uh, sort of experimenting with like acetone, you know, which is created in the body, especially you know with folks with like on that are fat free dieting, have diabetes, alcoholism. You know, this was his like eureka moment, but he, but and when he when he found that it could like burn it to ash, but it still took like. 30 at least 30 minutes to get to that mm-hmm. point. I feel like mm-hmm. these situations if you have a fire that hot and it burned for 30 minutes the the house would go up, the apartment would go up. It wouldn't right. it still wouldn't explain like how tightly, you know, contained these these mm-hmm. accounts are. Right. In my mind at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean it just doesn't make sense, you mm-hmm. know. Like how would it how could it keep from burning everything else? Yeah. It just seems very concentrated. And even like oh, yeah. I was reading too about static electricity. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever done this, but winter is a great time to kind of like take a look at this. But if you've ever had like one of those flannel blankets. Oh, I love it. And the lights are out and like all the static is just like you can see. So cool. Yeah. These little like electricity sparks, man. Mm-hmm. And so like maybe all things considered, what about static electricity? Well, I read that the human body can, according to the Fire Protection Manual of the National Fire Protection Association, mm. never knew it existed until today, um, the human body can accumulate a static charge of several thousand volts. 
some people have been known to build up far greater charges, occasionally generating up to around 30,000 volts. Ordinarily, this electricity is harmlessly discharged through the hair, but in certain volatile situations, such as factories for combustible materials or hospital operating rooms that use gases, anesthetics, or even gash, pure oxygen, mm-hmm. these people can spark off explosions. But these explosions have never been known to burn one person to ashes, leaving the room and furnishings undamaged. In other words, everywhere you turn, it's just another question. Right. And so I think a lot of the other sort of suggestions and theories include things like fireballs, Mm -hmm. lightning, internal atomic explosions, laser beams, microwave radiation, which is interesting, high frequency sound, and even geomagnetic flux. Um, But the mechanisms through which any of those would work are still unexplained, man. Yeah, so this is, and I swear we're going to cover this one day, but I've had these sort of accounts with, you know, what are typically called orbs or light phenomena, and I'm not really going to get into it now, but basically I would see these things years ago when I was staying in this particular uh, loft space where I would see these like little glowing balls of light. And so they would kind of sort of wobble around. It did seem like there was some sort of, sort of something that was like sort of making decisions on what the thing would do. At the time, when I did a bunch of research into this, I kind of kept coming back to this sort of explanation of like, well, I believe that that these things are, there's, there's probably, and this is coming from a pretty big true believer, but I think I, I didn't feel like a malevolent sort of vibe from these things. I, mm-hmm. I felt like it was, it was something that like maybe we just haven't scientifically figured out yet. And I kept, yeah. uh, in the research, I kept going to like plasma basically. Hmm. And plasma also is sometimes sort of tied in with like UFOs and uh, light phenomena where it's like, and, and so when doing this, I, or when, when doing the research for, um, for the spontaneous human combustion, I immediately kind of thought like, well, what if, what if I would have, actually reached out and like touched this thing Hmm. like if it was plasma which is like Mm -hmm. literally like concentrated energy like would this have caused you know what we think of as human combustion i don't know it's it's really interesting and i think interesting like would it would it have well god i mean would you have combusted that's what i'm saying and also like since it, it was this small thing but i mean Again, when plasma is created, it's this massive amount of like sort of ball of energy. I mean, in my mind, and I, you know, there could be some scientists out there who completely would say, no, it's, it's this, this, this. But in my mind, it is small, but it's still like a massive amount of energy. It does seem like it would or it could explain the tight, you know, containment of this massive amount of of you know, flame or, or whatever. I don't know. It's just something Man, that kind of super interesting that I thought of that was like, you know, like maybe it was this thing. And mm-hmm. and again, I don't, I don't necessarily believe these days that like, I mean, obviously there's the orbs that you would see on like, you know, in photos and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well that's like, you know, moisture or that's this or that's this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like when, when people would, will see these like, you know, fit in the physical realm of like these these balls of light that kind of wobble around and do their own thing. 
I just wonder if like, because you never really hear if people like reaching out and touching these things. Yeah. So I just, well, I just wonder if they get burned up, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I just, well, it's I, interesting. Like, dude, I've never like, because like that was my main thing. Like, surely we must know, like maybe by now they've investigated some of these accounts and they've right. said, no, it's just this guy, this drunk ass was, you know, just dropped a cigarette in a pile of hay and yeah. burned himself to death. Like, I idiot. thought the but, same thing. Yeah, but dude, I didn't see anything about plasma, which and for non-science uh, loving listeners. Plasma is interesting because um, plasma is a mixture of electrons that are negatively charged and mm-hmm. ions, uh, atoms that have lost electrons, resulting in a positive electric charge. And it's not a gas. Mm-hmm. It's not a liquid. It's not a solid. It's actually the fourth state of matter. And here's what's interesting, dude. After you saying that, this sentence really kind of is like eye-opening to me. Plasma often behaves like a gas. Like mm. a gas, except that it conducts electricity mm-hmm. and is effect- affected by magnetic fields. Yeah. So it's like, it's pretty... Um, it could be so far off, but like... Well, yeah, I know, but like, it is it. like, I feel like there probably is, and I mean, again, this is going to take more research and stuff, and maybe maybe you listeners can kind of dive into it a little bit deeper, but I think that plasma exists like in air, right? And then mm-hmm. if yep. there's some sort of electromagnetic charge or something caused by something, mm-hmm. right? whether it is, you know, um, you know, because like, whoa, sh- just hit my mic like it was a person that did something <laughs> wrong. You know, like if you've been to the beach, like I keep on going back to this lady in 1951 in St. Petersburg, Florida. If you've been to the beach and you've, you know, you've had those like those late night or even sometimes mid afternoon sort of, heat lightning storms and that right. kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something weird about the the air, right? And like it's like I charged. Think some of the right, some of the, you know, phenomenon or whatever that occur kind of cause like uh, isn't there something that like it when the lightning strikes there's like some sort of like plasma something that's created? Mhm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God, I wish I knew. Now I sound like an idiot. Well, and I'm going to sound like an idiot too, but because I don't know what I'm about to say, but there's also an association with when lightning strikes or like in the presence of, I think it is plasma where there's like the smell of like ozone, which, you know, get into Joshua Kutchin and the brimstone, his book about, you know, smells and associated with like the paranormal uh, called the brimstone to see. But yeah, I wonder if that is like part of it. I wonder if these, these like little, I don't know, stray or rogue balls of plasma, like maybe it is created in, just out of thin air, like in the, there's got to be something. I, I just feel like like this is an area that definitely would have been immediately sort of shoved off to the side back in the day. But I feel like we are at a place now where, where we're able to, or at least science is able to be a little more abstract and in, in thinking and sort of correlation. And uh, it's funny because I wasn't going to bring it on, bring it even up. You got to, dude. But I really think that, like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, fuck, man, like, they're all these crazy blue flames. That's mm-hmm. plasma. Yeah. Maybe they're just, unlike me, like, reaching out and touching the thing. Like, mm-hmm. Or, dude, here's another crazy thing. Because, you know, we obviously we don't want to, like, discount. You know, there's a lot of theories about orbs and stuff. Some people mm-hmm. think it's like, you know, 
visitors from another dimension or mm-hmm. from beyond or, you know, spirits or whatever. UFO drones. Dude, what if our scientific sort of what we are able to use our own scientific knowledge to date mm-hmm. to do is explain otherworldly phenomenon and even spiritual experiences with science, right? It's just our way of trying to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, who's to say like, yes, maybe it is plasma, but maybe that's the way, maybe that energy, that's just how, you, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, how the, we can explain it. It's like, oh, well, it's plasma energy, it, but we don't but, know it past that, you know? Which uh, kind of takes me back to back in the old days, which I think they were probably also sort of explaining the look of plasma as like the ether, like mm-hmm. ether was like this mm-hmm. sort of mysterious and universal. Like, such, like what if like, and maybe it is like the key mm-hmm. to time travel. I mean, I think so, man. And it's just like this powerful energy that, man, yeah. if you don't know how to use it, you're going to spontaneously combust, you know? Well, and also is this like dark energy or like, is it linked to like dark matter or, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure CERN has it figured out, but. I mean, I'm sure like imagine a way to like, Harness all of that plasma and use it to, man, I don't know, dude. That's so cool. Huge weapons. Mm-hmm. Or. I, okay. Uh, no, I'm just going to say, or, I mean, what if our government slash military, which obviously, you know, like black tech would be, they say it's like 20 years advanced more than like what the most advanced thing that we would see typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what if. What if these are like this is basically how like energy weapons are used? Like what if they're they're basically sort of harnessing that that energy that we're talking about? Yeah. Don't think yeah, they had if, them in six the sixties yeah. though. But maybe they maybe the time travelers that were visiting back then did. Okay, yes. I'm just telling you, man, John Teeter was on a mission for something. Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. I mean, I think looking into this plasma idea um mm-hmm. is, a, is a really cool really cool thing to to kind of investigate man i mean yeah i think so too look i think the main important fact here is that this is one of those mysteries that is still a mystery which as you know being a listener of this show something that we love a lot mm-hmm. not that we think we're gonna figure it out it's just we love to tell you guys about these kind of crazy phenomenon that exist out there and if you listeners kind of know a little bit more about this or have really kind of, if this is your passion project, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, spontaneous <laughs> human combustion, you know, and, and you know a lot more about it or have some theories of your own, man, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, uh, we would. Because, like I said, I love talking about this kind of stuff and hearing all kinds of different theories about how this could, how this could happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're even more specifically super science-minded and more of a realist now, I'm interested what you find in terms of what's been found. I couldn't find anything really of note mm-hmm. that truly explains it. Yeah. In other words, I found a lot of stuff that kind of explains away some of the stuff, but mm-hmm. not like explains how it happened then. You know what well, I mean? Well, and, and also I, to me, once you really start looking into it and like seeing just how fast these things happen and like how concentrated and contained these things are it's just it's weird i think it's easy to find a lot of things that sort of would help the flame you know like mm-hmm. uh somebody who yeah yeah like soaked in alcohol that like does like alcoholics or like you know that kind of thing but 
I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something. Maybe it's not. But uh, you know, that's what we're that's what we have a show for. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. I actually think this is a really cool episode. Yeah, me too. Well, we said it last week, and it feels really good to be back. We've got oh, yeah. an exciting lineup of future shows ready to go and ready to rock and roll. But if there is a specific topic that you want us to cover or dive into deeper, mm-hmm. maybe even one of our previous episodes, maybe a follow-up to, please just reach out and let us know. And Tyler, what are the ways that they can do that? Well, most of our sort of activity is over on Instagram. We have a great little community over there. Feel free to jump in on the comments uh, or shoot us a DM if you have a story. The username is that would be rad. Feel free to... Uh, share some stories or recommendations on stories. If you do have a long form story and you want to maybe send a voice recording or something like that, feel free to shoot us, shoot it over to that would be rad pod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we love, we would, we would love to hear from you. Go buy some merch in our link tree. And uh, I guess that's about it, man. You got anything else? I think that's it, man. Cool, um, dude. Well, yeah. like we always say, we love you. We appreciate you. Do not catch on fire, folks. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
see. Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. What if we just kept this in? It's like us just thinking of what to say. Hmm. No. <laughs> um, 